everyone. Welcome to episode 105 of the Scouting Pancake Podcast. I'm Jason Ackerman. And I'm Paul Verica. And Alex Verica. Wow. Charlotte celebrities. Oh, come on now. <laughs> Him, not me. <laughs> no, uh, family royalty, maybe. Yeah. We've had uh, Amanda and Larry. They're like the bartending couple of Charlotte. But you guys might be the first family of cooking in Charlotte. I think. Potentially. I think we are, yeah. So we've got Paul and Alex Verica of the Stanley. Before that, the Heritage. Before that, you were at Longview. Yep. So, and you're from Philly. Yep. I, I'm and a Panthers fan. in Philly as well. So you'll always see them with an Eagles hat. That's oh, like one of them has, has an Eagle hat. I always wear an Eagles hat. Alex is usually in a Villanova hat. Yeah, so there you go. Champions. I'm, I'm just hoping one day that a Charlotte team wins something. Yeah. We get, almost had get, the get WNBA. And you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, we almost had the Sting win in the 2000s, and I would have taken that. <laughs> Against so, the Patriots. Didn't the Knights win? Oh, yeah, the Knights did win. So we'll, they we'll, won last year, right? Uh, they won a couple years ago, okay. for sure. We'll take AAA baseball. We'll take whatever we can get. Oh, are you kidding me? It took us 50-some-odd years to win a Super Bowl. So Yeah. So, okay, let's talk a little sports. When you won the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. what is that like the best feeling in the entire world? I cried. Yeah, I cried. It was uh, awesome. Yeah. I great feel game. Like, yeah. Great game. To oh, watch. It was, even if we would have lost, like it was a great game. Yeah, the way you won, I mean, you sat Tom Brady and he fumbled, and yeah. that's how you won the game. And you had that crazy the Philly special. Yeah, which was amazing. Yeah. And no you were under odds. Yeah. It was just the best. Yeah. And it, then it really was. Okay, so let's enough of, enough sports. Everyone <laughs> tuned out already. Okay. So how'd you how'd you get into food? Oh God. Um I blame it all on my mother. Um, my mom worked for, my mom and my dad worked for Marriott Hotels, um, when I was a kid. And I just remember them, you know, my mom had to work on holidays. Sometimes my dad did too. And going into the hotel and hanging out with my brothers and my sister and going to the arcade and wandering around those big kitchens. And, uh, you know, once I realized I wasn't going to play pro football, I figured (laughs) something to do. Um, so I started washing dishes when I was like 14 and then started, you know, from washing dishes, started cooking, um, and just kind of went from there and just really fell in love with it. I was working at a place called Nice Cuisine with my older brother, David, and I saw what he was doing with food and I was like, shit, I, I was like, I, I can do that. Cause he had done the same menu for like 10 years. And it was great. It was great food. French Thai food. It was amazing. Um, French Thai food. Yeah. Yeah, That's it was cool. cool. In Philly. Yeah. And a little mom and pop place. Like, I could walk to it from my parents' house. Yeah, it was it was cool. A little BYOB, and it was there forever. Um, before that, it was a bike shop that we used to go to uh, when we were kids. So, okay. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is all I've ever done. And then how'd you get to Charlotte? Um, got to Charlotte from was working for a company in D.C., left, left Philly, went to D.C., um, was working for a company there called Benchmark Hospitality, <coughs> and um, I was the opening chef and food and beverage director at the Duke Mansion, Yeah, and that's what brought me to Charlotte. And, uh, you know, at, after a couple of years there, they wanted to move me to somewhere in, like, Tennessee, and I was like, nah, that's <laughs> not going to happen. Um, and... Uh, Left them, went to work for 
New South Cuisine, which was then the Providence Bistros, Cafes, and uh, a little bit when they started Bricks, and now they're just Bricks, essentially. So that was like the early 2000s? Yeah. Yeah. And was there for a little while, then had a... I was a partner, the first time I was a partner in a place on East Boulevard called Bistro East. That was a nightmare. <laughs> um, yeah, I was there six months and like landed in the hospital, and yeah, it was a nightmare. Why was it a nightmare? Um, it, I was brought in about six months after they opened. They were running like 50% labor costs, 60% food cost. It was just bleeding money. 50 yeah. plus 60, that's yeah. 110. Yeah, that's yeah, not you, good. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you <laughs> I'm a numbers. math guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I, and I, I'm a numbers guy too. And uh, we got it to a point where we stopped the bleeding. Um, but it was the, the main partners were people who didn't know a thing about the restaurant business. And uh, it was evident. And uh, yeah, and then I left there and then went to the Dunhill for four years um, when it was Monticello. And then was landlocked at Longview for eight years. And and then after that was Heritage. And then now the Stanley and and future projects. And you were one of the first chefs in Charlotte that really started the farm-to-table movement. Oh, uh, no. All that credit needs to go to Tim Grudy. I so, mean, I, Tim, Tim was there first and foremost, um, for sure. I mean, he, I remember him 10, 12. And where was he the chef at? Uh, he was at Sonoma then. Okay. Um, and I remember him, this is my 14th season working with Sammy. And Tim in- introduced me to Sammy. And to Sammy the, is? Sammy of uh, Newtown Farms. Okay. The godfather. He is the godfather of the local food movement. Um, he started Matthew's Farmer's Market 25 plus years ago with Pauline Woods. And uh, yeah, he's... Not only an amazing farmer, he's a great person and a great friend and confidant. And we finally saw him today for the first time. He yeah. finally delivered and first time all summer. Right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, but no, it's definitely not something that's new to me. I mean, I've been a, a big part of it for close to fifteen years, and it's it's something that we truly believe in. And you know, any restaurant project that we do will will always be as soundly based on being as local as possible. And when you started, so you're at Longview. Yeah. That's a pretty cushy gig. Um, it was a really rough gig. So um, how was it rough? It was rough. Um, it I'm was, just going to assume things that are going to be the exact opposite. No, it or, was, um, <laughs> it was, it was, pri- it was privately owned. Yeah. And instead of having the 300 bosses that were the members, I had four bosses and two of which had very, very strong opinions. And yeah, I, I remember being... I remember some just absolutely bitter times, um, and it, it, it was it was a great experience. Um, that's where I met all my partners for Heritage. Um, yeah, good good so group of a, uh, yeah. It was a good end game, um, you know, and, and it gave me flexibility at that time. Um, you know, with my kids, I could take a Saturday afternoon off and watch Alex play basketball or you know do something like that. So, um, but yeah, it was it was tough. Um, everybody has their own opinion and everybody wants something different and everybody wants to tell you how to do your job. It's, it's tough. Um, I, I, you know, I'm amazed that I did it for eight years. <laughs> but then, so then you go out and you start your first restaurant, Heritage. Yep. And it took a little bit of time it for did. people to recognize its greatness. It, it, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great ride. 
We had a fun four years, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Alex started there as a dishwasher. So did you guys start together? Yeah. Yeah, he started with me. I, I, when he first told me he wanted to get into cooking, um, I was you like, You said okay. that's a terrible idea. Don't do that. Uh, yeah, I, that's exactly what I said. It's <laughs> a terrible told idea. Me that. Everybody told me that. <laughs> um, and I sent him to Luca. And I was like, if anybody can scare the shit out of him, Luca can. And he went and did a stage one day at, at Passion 8. And I remember. And this was at the brothel in Fort Mill? Yeah, yeah, at, yeah, at Passion 8. <laughs> and Matt was. It was more Matt than Luca, though, honestly. Yeah, Matt was CDC then. Yeah, Matt was um, on my ass all day. And uh, I was like, you know, anybody's going to scare him. It'll be these guys. <laughs> and, and he came home, and he was just elated, and I was just like, fuck. <laughs> um, and, you know, and he and I had a conversation, many conversations about it. And, you know, I've, I've always told him, I told him that day that if this is what he's going to do, he's going to work with me, I'm going to train him. And he's the ultimate goal is he's got to be better than me one day. So what's so I work with my dad, so I understand the dynamic a little <laughs> bit. But Alex, what was the what were your reservations when you started working with your dad? Or at the, or at the at Heritage? Yeah. Uh man, it was slow when we first started. First six months were very slow. And so, then probably about what, a year? Yeah, a little over a year Fifteen into it, months. Yeah. We really started picking up. <clears throat> and then uh Charlotte Magazine named us yeah, number Kristen one best. Named us number one, and then it was just yeah. Then it was insane. And then it was a game. That's how yeah. we found out about you guys. We're like, there's a restaurant in Waxhaw that's yeah, number nobody, one. Nobody wanted to drive out there. We still hear it. We still hear it from customers at the Stanley all the time. Oh, we're so glad you moved. We, you know, always wanted to make that drive out there. And but like in Waxhaw, the first couple of months, we'd have people walk in, look at a menu, and walk out. Yeah, because that wasn't what we were doing. There wasn't the perfect spot for that demographic. The food we were trying to do wasn't what they wanted, you know. Yeah, had people not, walk in and be like, "You got hamburgers? You got hot dogs?" Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so the so I think that's a good point that you bring up. I think that's kind of the where Charlotte's evolving because I mean you've been around in Charlotte for oh, yeah, 20, twenty years, years yeah. and I think just over the last five six years has there been an education of what good food is. Oh, I, there's so many so many great restaurants. Um, Mike and his team at Bardo are, are just freaking killing it. Like I, I've always wanted to do super progressive food like that, and I've always been scared shitless to do it. I've been like, there's just not a mar-. and Jane and I talk about it all the time, and she's like, yes, there is, yes, there is, you can do it. And I'm like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if there's a market for it. And every time we get into the conversation, she's like, look at what Mike's doing. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Um, but I think they're killing it. Um, I think Joe's killing it. Um, you know, Joe Kindred. Yeah, Kindred. Sorry, they're friends. So Pe- just, people yeah. probably know, um, but I'll just let the listeners. You know, and there's I'll old, translate. There's old school classics too, like you know Blake at Pontera is yeah. super super consistent. It's always a good meal. All of Bruce's places are all awesome. All of Bruce's places are awesome. Yeah, yeah. I've been to NC Red once now, and that was great. What Drew's doing, and I can't wait to see what Larry's doing at at, at uh, Bow and Broth. I just haven't gotten over there yet. Can't wait to see what Chris does um, at Goodyear House. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about that. Um, who else? I always feel like I'm missing somebody. Anytime I go out to eat, I go to Barta. <laughs> yeah, and William, what he's doing at Haymaker, he's doing an awesome job. Um, it's one of my favorite. Yeah, there, it seems good. like a, there's a good camaraderie of the chefs, and it seems like everyone's very 
it's kind of supportive of each other. It's 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 got to be that way, and that's one of the big founding things of PCG. You know, all ship all ships rise. Um, You know, Joe bringing the notoriety with what he's been nominated for four times now. Um, We've gotten two. Oh yeah, we should say uh, James Beard nominated twice, Woo-hoo. twice, which is pretty awesome. It's an it's an amazing thing, you know, because um, it's only you and Kindred and Greg, Greg Collier. and then Bruce got one for Good Food a, a years yeah. back, um, and I think actually Katie was the GM, Katie Kindred. Oh, that's was cool. The, I didn't know that. GM I didn't actually Good Food. Either. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she was the GM at Good Food when they got their nomination. I forget what it was for, but Bruce was the first one to ever get one. And then Joe, and then me, and then Greg. That's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. It's something, you know, every time it's like, and especially this year, I thought it was absolutely insane that we got Best New Restaurant. I was blown away. Um, And uh, I knew there was no way we'd make it to finalists, but it's... It's really cool. Nobody, nobody can take that away from us. You know, we can always say we were James yeah. Beard nominated, and that's pretty cool. One of thirty in the nation. Yeah. So it's insane. Little fist pump there. There we go. Uh, okay, so you're at Heritage, and then what made you want to kind of shift everything to the Stanley near? Uh, we were, we were, we were barely getting by. I mean, we were making money, but I wasn't, I wasn't living. Um, it wasn't it wasn't good on, on my life in any way, shape, or form, and uh, yeah, in order. Well, how is it different now? Oh my God! All right, our our, our best year at Heritage was seven hundred thousand dollars in revenue, top line, and uh, let's just say we more than doubled that. So first year at the Stanley. So just pure financials, a better pure, move. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, just because it's closer to uptown, more yeah, people and are coming. Yeah, there's just more people, and and that area of Elizabeth, I think, is is there's some cool things that are going to happen over there. Some neat development that's supposed to happen, and I think with us and the Crunkleton being there, um, you know, it's a pretty cool dynamic because we're 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 so very different in everything yeah. that, everything that we do. <laughs> Um, the food is completely different. The bar program is completely different. Um, so it's it's a good synergy for sure. Okay. I think it's very beneficial since they've moved in there. I think both of us has gotten more business from yeah. it. Yeah, because people for can sure. have dinner with you guys and yep. then head over there or they have Vice drinks versa. beforehand. Yep. And yep, totally. Come see you. And, I mean, what a great location. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a great neighborhood. We're excited to be there. So when you moved from Heritage to Stanley, did you did you want to keep the concept the same, or what did you want to change? Um, or were you just kind of thinking, I want to do the Heritage, but no, call it the Stanley? I, mean, I, I push I, more I, boundaries. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny. We've been talking now for the last week or so. Um, we always wanted to start doing a tasting menu. Um, it's yes, that, I want a. We need one in Charlotte. Um, and that's something we're going to actually start this weekend. Oh. Um, and. So how I, are you going to do it? What's the, what's. Seven the, courses, seven to nine courses. Um, you start off with a round of three snacks, like three basic one bite things that progress pretty quickly. 
and then into a vegetable course, a seafood course, a meat course, um, one dessert, maybe two, and then cheese. Cool. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So what, by the time you guys hear that, that'll be out. Um, <laughs> I think that's the, I mean, as, I mean, one of the, our big things is we want, we want the Charlotte food scene to keep progressing. We want it to be like when you think of Charleston or New York right. or, oh, so do or we. Copenhagen or any of these yeah. places. Oh, God, yeah. We want Charlotte to be up there. Yeah, so do we. I mean, my, my food is, is what it is. I feel like I'm constantly progressing. And, you know, since the Stanley, Alex has gotten more involved um, on the menu side and, and contributes a lot more than he did at Heritage, um, which is good because, you know, is this real wood? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> There's nothing real in this okay. room. These are real lemons, though. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, um, yeah, my, I mean, my, my, I, I do what I do. My food what is, is what it is, and I hope that we're always continuing to progress, and I think the tasting menu will be fun. It's, it's stuff that I would never put on the menu at the Stanley that I want to. Um, but I just know it won't sell, and ultimately it's... Yeah, because now with a tasting, if people sign business. up, yeah. they have to... Right, with talk and stuff like and that. And you can do, like, yeah, you can do cool stuff because, yeah, people won't order the weird stuff. No, no. But if you give it to them and they eat it, I think that it it's kind of cool and kind of a progression of restaurants where it's instead of just trying to serve the customer and what they think they want... You serve them what you think is right. the best, and and that's how. That's the whole fun of it. Yeah, yeah. You gotta trust the chef. Exactly, you gotta trust the chef. That's it. That, and, it. and and Charlotte is what it is, and I mean it's gotten so much better in the twenty years that I've been here, the food scene. Um, but ultimately, it's 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 business. Yeah, <laughs> and you gotta. But you I think know. people will. People will if they knew what good food was and what right. you guys are doing and if they're just willing to try it, yeah, that's the, that's the key. If they're just willing to try it and then they go and they're like, Oh, that was, that was amazing. Or I didn't really like that, but I see what he was doing on that dish. I think that's a cool step in the right direction. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So when you guys are collaborating on a dish, how do you, or how do you come up with a new dish? It's always inspired by ingredients or what I'm reading at the time. Um, I devour cookbooks. I mean, you've been in the restaurant. You see them everywhere. And there's probably another... I mean, there's probably 10 to 15 on my coffee table. And then another 50 to 60 in shelves. So um, what's your, like, go-to... Whenever I'm feeling down and and just not creative, I pick up one of the two Eleven Madison Park books, and I just look at that food and I'm like, "Wow, that's that's why I do this to aspire to 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 be at that level." Or I or a great old one is the Alinea Cookbook. Um, I've been pulling that out a lot lately. WD-50, too. And WD-50. Yeah, I've been reading. That one's got so many little post-it notes on Like, <laughs> I mean, you just look at the top of it, and it's like this rainbow of post-it notes uh, marking off pages and different recipes. Yeah, he, there's a lot of chefs that went through there. And uh, didn't he work at Noma? That's Wiley Dufresne, right? Yeah, I don't know. If I he think d- he did, because I just saw something that 
uh, Rene Redzepi posted how he was like the first person to do like a smear okay. on the plate. Yeah. And that was like in the middle 2000s. And that was like revolutionary. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now you know, like, you know, every restaurant in Charlotte. And that's kind of what's cool. Like the, the high end kind of influences the rest of. Oh, you know, yeah. So, so if you, you see something at the Stanley that's really high end, like three years later, you'll see like a version of that. And I think yeah. that's kind of oh. cool. Yeah, we, we've seen our we've seen our food in different places. Yeah, and that's a good. If you see uh, that though, I, I mean, sincerest form of flattery. If people are copying it, not, it means not it's when good. people copy it out outright, like down to and the, don't pay homage to yeah, it. Yeah, and and like, yeah, I'll just leave that one. Alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we were talking when I went into the Stanley, which everyone should go to if you haven't been there. Please. I mean, what are you doing? Uh, but you've been to some pretty freaking amazing restaurants. I have. So just because you were telling me, you tell the people, you did like a four-night stand in New York that's La- like only year, professionals. Only professionals should try this. Last year for, for my girlfriend Jane's birthday, um, we did the most epic freaking weekend. Um, we flew into New York on Thursday night. We did Frenchette which I think won Beard for Best New Restaurant that year um, on Thursday night. Then we did 11 Madison Park on Friday night, which was amazing. I got to see one of my kids um, who worked at Heritage um, and is now working at 11 Madison Park. And then we did Daniel on Saturday night. Oh, and Friday night I got to meet Daniel Hoom, which was so freaking cool. And then Saturday night we did Daniel, and I got to meet Daniel. And That's then, Daniel Blue. Yeah. And then Sunday we did uh, Blue Hill at Stone Barnes. Unbelievable. Yeah. It was An awesome. unbelievable we, four we day. Had, we had so much fun. Um, I mean, we've done a bunch. It's kind of our, our thing. We, we love to go and eat and travel. And um, yeah, we've done a bunch of. We just did Chicago. We just did Alinea and Smith in May, which was pretty awesome. Alinea was. Um, yeah. so, so, what's your. Like when you think back to those meals, what's the one that you'd come back to where you're like, that one was, that one blew my mind the most? I mean, it would be a hard bargain between EMP and Alinea because they're both so different and, but so amazing in their, their own right. Um, like, and, and Alinea, I got to meet Grant. Sorry, that was really cool too. I was so geeked out. Um, but, he kind of looks like the Joker, like yeah, straight from bit. the Joker. Yeah. And yeah, I've been, we're we're going there in a month, and I'm so excited. I've been like kind of following and see what he's doing. It's just like you've been to some great yeah. places too. Yeah, though. you have. You got Noma. you guys did yeah. Noma. You did Cellar de Roca. Yeah, we've we've been. We've I've been done trying something. to work my way through that book. Um, the print is like so small, and I have to read my re- put my reader glasses on, and I get a headache after about an hour. But what those guys are doing, those three brothers are doing, is just mind. Oh yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's cool when you go to those places. Like when you go to Eleven Madison Park, and there, you know, how many people are working there? Oh my like god, 60, 80 yeah. people at a time. Yeah, there was probably thirty people. 30 and just people in the, the way they yeah. orchestrate everything. Oh. and Eleven Madison Park for you know sometimes you go to those places and it feels stuffy and you feel like you know you're almost at a museum of food and you don't want to touch anything or like mess something up. But when you go, you feel so at home at yeah. Eleven Madison Park. Yeah, for sure. You do. And that's pretty amazing for B 
being number one in the world, yeah. for them to pull that off, that's hard to pull off. Yeah, I mean, I, I was fortunate when I was younger, I staged in France at two Michelin three-star restaurants when there was only 25 in the world. And uh, it Okay, was so how do you, so how, how'd you do that? Um, I, I was in Philly. I was corporate chef for, at, at 22 years old, um, was corporate chef for this group of restaurants called Carolinas. And we were and, local, uh, yeah, an homage, yeah, an homage to the future. I, <laughs> I end up here, um, and we were opening um, a French restaurant in University City in Philly called La Terrasse. And uh, part of me and my training to open the restaurant, they sent me to France, <coughs> and I got to stage with uh, the late great Bernard de Loiseau um, at La Couture, and also uh, Alan Passard at L'Arpège. Okay, so. <laughs> That those are pretty yeah, big names. Pretty, yeah. So okay, so when you're a Philly boy, twenty two years old. Oh, I thought it was such hot shit and that taught me the most humility <laughs> ever. And in you my walk life. into these kitchens yeah. and they're like the French style, I mean the brigade system, it's they didn't like, like Americans back then either. Yeah. yeah, it's like who the fuck is this guy? So what it was it was sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I wanna hear oh, it just was, the whole from when you walked in how long were you there for? Um, I was there each place for about six weeks. Um, and uh, at La Cote d'Or, my first two weeks, I did nothing but clean mushrooms every day for 12 hours a day and cleaned. Um, and after, after about two weeks, I got to be able to stand on the line. I wasn't allowed to cook anything. <laughs> um, I remember getting my ass absolutely reamed. Um, by Patrick Patron, uh, the chef de cuisine then, and now chef um, after Loazzo's suicide. Um, and it was this stuffed cabbage. And we had to blanch these leaves of cabbage, and it was a brunoise of mirepoix, foie gras, and truffle. And when you could chop the truffle, you had to put plastic wrap down underneath your cutting board, and then lift up your cutting board and take the plastic wrap and make sure you got all the truffle scraps. And like I cut the leaf of the cabbage like two millimeters too thick and he just was in my face nose to nose um they called me the big the grand american um <laughs> and it just telling me i was just this big stupid american and that i was never going to be anything and i couldn't cook and americans couldn't cook and yeah it was it was humbling i mean i was running two restaurants at 22 years old and about to run a third and thought I was, you know, I thought I was the shit. And uh, they taught me very quickly uh, that it pays to be humble in a kitchen. <laughs> so wh what were your biggest takeaways from those two stages? Farm to table, by far, um, at both restaurants. I mean, L'Arpege, Alan Passard, if you've watched his chef's table. Yeah, he has his own... He has his own garden. Yeah. I mean, he was... You know, when I was there, he was just coming out of his meatless phase. Um, and the place was so vegetable-focused. And, I mean, we had guys walking up to the back doors with these huge truffles and just baskets of leeks and carrots. And just, I mean, the, the food came, the produce came in and, and still had the dirt on it. Um, Everybody mushrooms. thought that was going to fail, though, right? Mm -hmm. They were like, this guy's fucking stupid not putting yeah. meat on his yeah. menu and he and he maintained and he killed stars it. and he killed it yeah so this was like 1995 no it was like 90 98 99 no 
you were just a baby. So it was like 96, 97. Yeah, that, and, and that was kind of like, because the food, like the modern food scene, I guess, well, I guess I'll ask you, what, what do you think, like, where do you think the modern food started? Oh, God, it depends on what you want to do. Well, I mean, when did, when did, when did Ebola really come out on the scene? Um, I mean, I think what everybody thinks is Fernand, but was really Albert. Yeah. Um, as we've seen, um, I mean, what a fucking brilliant mind. God, I would love to spend a day with him. Um, I mean, when did they start pushing? Like the late like, 80s? Yeah, late 80s, early 90s. That's, like, that's I mean, the one had, restaurant. Trotter. Yeah. I think Trotter. In Chicago. Um, was, you know, definitely... Do you know a good book? I'm trying to find a good book that kind of chronicles all this. Oof. And I haven't been able to find one. And I'd love I, to, like, know the modern, like, just the trees of, you know. Yeah, all the different chefs. Yeah. I like, Rene Rizzepi worked at El Bulli. And right. then. Well, who did? Yeah. He worked there. Jose Andres worked there. Grant Ackett's worked there. Um, I think Massimo Vettura worked there. Yeah. I mean. They all. Yeah. That's kind of that. And then Thomas Keller. Right. Think and about all the great people that have come out of his kitchen. So, yeah, El Bulli is the one restaurant that I'm like, shit. I yeah, know. I wish I could have. Yeah, WD Fifty is another one, is one for me. I wish I could have gotten to eat there. I think what he was doing was pretty brilliant. Yeah, a ton of like, I know Christina Tosi came out of yep. there, and David Chain was working there. He's got a pretty good lineage of yeah, totally. chefs too. So, what are what are your other what are your guys' restaurants you guys are on your bucket list oh, that God. you really want to go to? I, I have to eat at the French Laundry. I agree. It's classic. Um, I'd love to eat at Manaresa. Um, Where's that? Um, Los Gatos, California. David Kinch. Uh, Michelin Three Star. Um, That's like right below San Francisco? I think so. Um, Benio would be cool, too. Where? Benio. Corey Lee. Yeah. With Corey Lee, he does some pretty brilliant stuff too. Um, yeah, I haven't really spent any time on the West Coast, so I'd probably focus West Coast. Um, he needs to go to Alinea. Um, I mean, the the two meals. I, I feel like Alinea is the closest to Noma, as See, far as you, you got to eat there. Which menu did you guys do? We did. So we've been twice. We did You've the vegetable twice? and the seafood. Yeah. What was better? The vegetable. Yeah. The vegetable was like mind blowing. Because <laughs> the seafood, it was more focused on the ingredients, which was cool, like awesome. But the vegetables, just the thing they did with vegetables was mind-blowing. I, and so we went the, last year, the first season. This is the second season that I've been following. And it seems even crazier with the yeah. fermentation lab and all the stuff they're doing. I saw a post that he did today or yesterday with more varieties of mushrooms than I've ever seen. It was a yeah. whole video. And I was like, oh, my God, what are those? Yeah, it was crazy. So so who are, who are like, the chefs that you're looking at now where you, or that you're following on Instagram or wherever that you're keeping uh, your eye on? Rene. Yeah. I think he posts. He always posts, like, somewhat instructional stuff, too, like educating people. Yeah. Um, and he'll do, like, Instagram lives and stuff that'll be pretty yeah, long. like, when they were in Mexico, I don't know if you ever followed him when they were down there, but, like, the fruits they were getting during yeah, the summer. Yeah, crazy. And, the, like, the weird berries, like, I remember one post, he had, like, 25 different varieties of strawberries, and some were 
the size of your thumbnail and some are three times as big as that different colored but mangoes and stuff like that it was crazy they had just an abundance of stuff down there that they could use yeah it seems he kind of went he did like his world tour when he shut down for a year and then you could see we we didn't go to the old noma i kind of wish i would have gone there and then like seen the difference but uh just before he only did like danish stuff and now he's kind of like there'll be chilies from mexico that he'll incorporate so he'll he's like brought in some of the stuff bringing stuff from halfway across the world yeah back it's cool shit yeah and that's kind of and i think what's also cool with the modern day is like you guys can see something like news travels so much faster now oh yeah so before like when you were staging in france like how did you find out about like what stuff was going on around the world like did you our culinary like that was the magazine, still is. I mean, it's the one that I look forward to four times a year and getting. It's a hardback magazine. Um, I think it's in issue, next one comings up, maybe like 140. I mean, it's been around for a long time. And uh, I remember there was, when I was in school, uh, at the restaurant school, and it was in University City, and there was a bookstore like three blocks away. And every quarter we'd run down there to grab that, and you know, and that was that was inspirational and, and cookbooks. Like I still remember, you know, getting the Charlie, the first Charlie Trotter cookbooks like twenty years ago, and devouring them. Um, yeah, I mean that's how you did it back then, and and TV shows like Great Chefs of the South, like all the PBS TV shows that there were. Jacques Pepin and stuff like that. That's how you hear about people and hear about restaurants. So what do you think is the biggest difference from when you came up to when Alex is coming up now? Chefs have to be much nicer. I agree. <laughs> so not no more yelling, at, at, no more getting in people's faces like they did to you no, in France. No, and yeah, I used to be pretty bad about that. Um, no yeah, comment. come on I've been so much better now Alex really he and Steve just keep waiting I haven't had like my I I would blow up a lot at Heritage there was a lot of stress and um, I would blow up a lot and I could be not a very delightful person to deal with at times and Alex and my GM Steve are just kind of sitting there waiting for me to have my big you're hoping you're not there that day episode I'm sure I will be (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, you gotta, and that's good. It's a good thing. Um, you know, I hated being yelled at. It's good um, and bad. Yeah, I disagree. It it's just tough with some of the, the kids, the kids coming up these days. They, uh, yeah, yeah. you're trying to, you're trying to teach them some, a yeah. lesson and it, they, yeah, yeah. Just cause you went to culinary school and you spent a bunch of fucking money. Sorry for you. Um, <laughs> there's gotta be a balance and I feel like the industry as a whole is getting there but you can't kiss somebody's ass when they fuck up. I mean, it's that simple. You can't be nice about it sometimes. You got to be, you know, especially us, we have a vision we're trying to project and accomplish. We, we, had, a and cook, we had a cook leave us and uh, went to another restaurant, and a friend of ours asked him why he left our, our restaurant, and he said uh, our expectations were too high. 
Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he wasn't right yeah, for you. Yeah, he wasn't the right fit for us, no. So, so what's, uh, what's next for the Veritas? Um, there's projects in the work. Um, you know, hopefully uh, we'll have concrete news about that um, coming up in, in the next little bit. Um, my ultimate plan and the way that I structured the Stanley, you know, I'm very fortunate to have Steve my GM and, and Alex, um, that I'm, number one, I'm able to have a life. Like, I took last Friday night off and went out with my girlfriend, and, you know, it's great to be able to do that. Um, and number two, it's structured so that I can go on and, and do more in different projects. That's ultimately my thing. Um, I've been cooking in behind a stove for... 25 years um, and it's time for me to to evolve into my next phase and and that's being you know more of a chef as a director and 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 looking at and working on new projects so Alex what's your ultimate what's your long-term goal or short-term goal uh, I want to have my own restaurant one day um, I'll be here for a while but not forever I want to go off and do my own thing for a little bit and come back. Uh, like outside Charlotte? Yeah. And he needs to. Not sure where yet, but... That's, I worked at a large accounting firm for three years in New York to get... Just you, you got to see somebody else, yeah, not totally. just be under your dad. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it would be a great thing, and, and he'll bring more back. Exactly. He'll bring more back to the table at that point. Um. But, you know, it's and it's lucky. You know, he, he and Stephen are both partners in the restaurant. Um, and so, you know, it's a good thing. Okay. We got to talk about the burger. Okay. Because <laughs> this burger is freaking... Rob, okay, Rob, who used to work with you. Yeah. Tell us a crazy Rob story. He said he showed up. You said, don't show up and show up in a t-shirt we don't wear chef's stuff and he um, apparently he w- showed up like in a tuxedo <laughs> i think he might have had some pepper pants on yeah totally <laughs> i fucking love rob man he yeah, cracks he's me a up great kid yeah I'm, we just like kind of have gotten to know him and he's cool we're really excited to see kind of his next couple years what he's doing yeah yeah for sure he's a great guy but he so he was on the podcast a couple weeks ago he's like i went to the stanley last night and i had the best thing i've Ever had in Charlotte. That's what he said about this burger. And I was like, okay, well, if this is a chef telling me this, I have to go check this out. So I came in like two days later, and it was pretty freaking amazing. It's a, it's a good burger. Ben Ben does a great job with it. Um, so how so the key for me is you put the foie gras in the burger. Yep. And it just makes the... Makes it rich. Yeah, it makes it I rich. I can never finish it. Yeah, I, I don't know how you can't finish that. I, I like can't. I would eat like four of them and like kill two myself. Bites left. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I can't do it. So so how how'd you come up with that? Alex told me there was too many strip ends in the freezer when he was doing inventory, and they were driving him crazy. So we needed to figure out a way to get rid of them. I mean, really, that's if I'm going to be honest, that's that's how it started, and we had no idea it would take off the way it did. Um, it was that and. You know, all credit to uh, a place in Atlanta called Holman and Finch. That's where I saw the idea originally years ago and wrote it down in a notebook. Um, You know, they did the same thing that we started doing, you know, where it was every night at the bar only. They only made X amount. And when they were gone, they were gone. And I was like, wow, what a great marketing idea. 
and uh, it was like right around when Crunkleton opened, and we were getting a lot of late night overflow, and I was like, well, shoot, you know, if if I can get them to sit down, have two drinks, and have a burger, you know, that's a thirty-five to forty-dollar check sitting at my bar. And if I can do that twice a night, times 22 people, blah, 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 looking at the numbers and extrapolating it out. Um, yeah, I couldn't believe the burger was only $18. I was like, I would have paid $30 for that burger. Oh, shoot. <laughs> we should change the price. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we had conversations where we thought it was too much. We even lowered it at brunch at one point. Yeah, I think it's a fair price, though. I do. It's, it's, I mean, it's great quality product. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Um, we, we grind it in-house. Um, our master of meat, Ben Philpot, takes care of that for us. Um, yeah, and it's, you know, a, a Duke's brioche roll and whoever's tomatoes we have that week and pickled onions from Joe and Amy. Alex makes the ketchup. Yeah, you make your ketchup, you make your mustard. Yep. And it has truffle. Yep. And, and it has... Hellman's mayonnaise. And, <laughs> and uh, what type of cheese do you put on it? Uh, it's Cabot cheddar. Yeah. It's the freaking best. I've so I the only time I've had a Fadra burger like that, I had it at Co. Okay. Food at Co. And they have a bar now, which next time you go to New York, it's great. And they just served a little burger, just like burger and Fadra. They put the Fadra on top, so okay. it's not like mixed in. And it was so good. And then I had it. I think yours is better actually, because I like I like the truffle, I like the cheese, like so good. Homemade potato chips. Yeah. It's great. And it's only eighteen dollars. Yeah. And that, and like Alan said, he can't finish it. No. And it's the, big. Yeah, and we started for, you know, during the summer, it slows down a little bit. Um, so we started serving it at the bar every night, where before it used to just be um, on the weekends after 9 o'clock. So you can come into the bar any night now and get it. There you go. Um, also, I think you guys have some of the best desserts in town. The dessert I had the other night, which was watermelon and ricotta, that was that was fan, that was fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, he worked on that one. I'm super proud of him for that one. He, he worked on that one for a good bit. Go ahead and talk about it. That's yeah, how you? Dish, man. Yeah, uh, that is a great dish. It's a ricotta from Zach at UAV, and what watermelons were from Burton, Burton or Barbie, one or the other. Um, so it was just a ricotta panna cotta, uh, layered with the watermelon jelly on top, watermelon sorbet, uh, walnut twill. Super simple, like three or four. Okay, there's nothing simple about that. <laughs> but it, it, it is. I mean, it's simple, but not right. the way you make it. Yeah, it's clean. Uh, I think it's very palate refreshing for the summer. Um, but yeah, I'd written it down in the spring, I think, mm-hmm. and I was just waiting on waiting. So on how'd you on. come up? So how'd you <clears throat> how'd you come up with that idea? Uh, shit, I have no idea. Honestly, that was so long ago when I. <laughs> wrote it down. I couldn't tell you. So are you are you reading are you reading cookbooks like your dad or are you kinda uh, that's one thing I don't do as much as I don't read as much as I should. Um I just try and take what comes in and make it the best I can. So you so you thought about this in April and you're like you wrote it down in a book and you're yep. like, When watermelons become available, I'm gonna make this. And then how long does it take you to like get the final version like did you experiment I mean, the first two times i made it uh, i fucked it up just because the ricotta has a higher liquid texture to it so when i try and um <clears throat> set it with agar it came out a little loose um but it probably took me a week and a half to get it right but i was happy with it i think it's yeah. super clean and 
refreshing. Um, yeah, it's like a perfect, it's not too sweet. Yvonne loves that. She, she was supposed to be here tonight, by the way. She gives, I was going to ask you that. She gives her she? regrets. Um, sometimes she has bad days at work. I hear you. But we all do. It's, yeah, it's a bro night. It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but yeah, it would be perfect. Like she doesn't like sweet desserts and that was like a perfect, just like perfect amount of, of sweetness and just the nuts really added a nice texture to the, to the smooth panna cotta. Thank you. It was, that was very good. And you guys <laughs> forgot the last dessert I had there. It's like a peanut butter cup thing. Oh, the Cremue. Yeah. Maybe. I think the last time you were there, you had the Swiss roll too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Swiss roll was really good. And another thing about you guys that's awesome. So I left my credit card there last time. This was like six months ago. And your bartender, I forget his name, but he's awesome. Damien. Yeah. He remember. He's like. Or Vinny. At the end, it was Damien. I think. At the end, he was was like, uh, he's like, don't forget your credit card this time. And I was like, that was six months ago. Like. That's pretty amazing. Him and Allie do a great job. Yeah, they really do. Allie's cocktails are fucking incredible. Yeah. I mean, I worked at Dot 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 for a year, and Stefan does an awesome job. He has a great staff, but I feel like Allie does stuff that nobody else in the city is doing. Like, I think, did you have the hemp one when you were in for the burger? Uh, I think I wanted to have the hemp, but it was out. Okay. I'm trying to remember. Have to come back in and try that. Like, that's cool. But I've like, been I've been thinking about the burger so much, and I just can't get Yvonne to like come with me. <laughs> and now we moved to Rock Hill, so we're like a little farther uh, away. But yeah, it, if I was still living uptown, it would have been dangerous. <laughs> but I will I'll be there soon. Um, okay, what what what's like a cool dish? Or I guess I can ask both. What's what's like your favorite dish you've ever made? That you're like, wow, this was freaking awesome. That you think back and look at. My favorite one was when we did at Heritage. We got these uh, shell and scallops, oh, yeah. <clears throat> and it was the very end of spring, and we had our last bit of ramps, and we did a house fettuccine with ramp pesto, a seared scallop, cured egg yolk, and cheese, and served it in the scallop shell. Oh. So simple. It was so clean. It was delicious, though. It was. Four ingredients. So it sounds like you guys... And I've heard a lot of chefs say this. It's like when you first start, you're trying to put like 100 oh, ingredients yeah, in something. Totally, yeah. And now it's like, Buy how can I make it yeah. simpler? But still, like, you know, that watermelon dish, it might only have four ingredients, right. but the way you There's put it together. Layers, yeah. 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 Like the, um, yeah. I, I did a dish for that North Carolina Restaurant Lodging Association competition thing two weeks ago the finals coming up and it literally it it had 14 touches on the plate but it was like four ingredients it was like a chicken breast tomatoes corn and peppers but it was all different contrives of it so what's your favorite dish or what's a dish that comes to mind that you're really proud of the dish i love to hate (laughs) um is the foie gras funnel cake oh i had that I fucking hated that shit. Nobody it sold could like get, wildfire. Nobody could ever get the such fucking a bitch. dough right. It just frustrated the shit out of me. It sold so well, and and I didn't even care. The margins on it were awful, um, but I just loved the fact that people were eating it. I was like, fuck yeah, foie gras funnel cake. They get it, and uh, 
it just became. You got that at the menu, like when you first opened. Yeah. I think we came like first three two months, weeks maybe. in. Yeah, and, and it was it that was, was on the menu. It was, it was a nightmare. Maybe now that we've mellowed out in, in the year or two, um, maybe we'll bring it back again in some form. Um, but it was an, it was just super inconsistent, and I loved that dish. I absolutely loved that dish, every iteration of it that we did. Um, but it was just a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we'll wrap it up with a couple little things. Okay, so you kind of mentioned uh, places you like to go in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. What's like, Is there like a down and dirty place that you guys like to go? Or like something that we wouldn't think you liked? Like we had Greg Collier on and we asked him, we asked his wife, what's the best thing? We always do what's the best thing you ate this week. And she was like a pint of Hagen Dazs ice cream out of, and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> is there is there something um, like that that you guys like, like late I, night?" I fucking love Moosehead on Monford. Yeah, I think they the have the best chicken wings in Charlotte. They also have a great Reuben that's huge and messy and delicious. Um, but yeah, I love Moosehead. It's awesome. Um. Uh, I had an Arby's open up down the street from my house. <laughs> I went to, I got drunk with Larry. Like I went to the Queen Glass, and then I was so hungry. I went to Arby's. I hadn't been to Arby's in like ten years. It's so I, good. I, I don't I think grew, I've ever been to an Arby's. I, I grew though. up loving their roast beef sandwiches, and you know why it's Arby's? Why? What's what do they serve there? They have the meats for sandwiches. No, they serve roast beef, and what's the initials? Ah. There you go. Little little fact. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that. And uh, yeah, I'd have to say that. And oh, <laughs> Alex and, is like, and, that's disgusting. It is. It's gross. And uh, Red Baron frozen pizzas <laughs> are in my freezer at all times. There we go. That's what I was looking for. And tasty cakes are in my my cupboards at all times. Your Swiss roll was really good. That was that Morgan. was making Morgan, who works with us. She worked with us at. Heritage and was with us when we opened and then left, went to Kindred for a little while and is now back with us. That was one of her creations. She does a great job for us. Okay. So what last question, what's the best thing you guys ate this week or drank? Well, we had a wild turkey tasting this afternoon. That was that, that was, was tasty. Yeah, that was fun to have a little mid afternoon bourbon. <laughs> I was in Atlanta last weekend. Or the weekend before? Last weekend. Um, but I had a great meal at this place called Tiny Lou's in uh, Hotel Claremont. Um, basically had every small plate, but it was the best meal I've had in probably a year or so. Tiny Lou's? Mm-hmm. What type of food was it? Uh, it's super French. Um, half the menu's in, in uh, French, but I had like a foie terrine with uh, dark cocoa and cherry. Oh, that was delicious. Foie gras dumplings with the foie consomme. That was fucking awesome. So um, when you go to restaurants, are you trying to like figure out how they made the dishes? I don't. He does when he goes out. Yeah. I just like to relax and enjoy it. Like when I go out with him, he's like, "Oh fuck this! This is bad. I would do this differently." <laughs> <laughs> um, but I try to enjoy myself. Um, just have a good time. 
What about you? Um, I'm trying to think where my younger son and I went out Sunday night and had a god-awful experience, so I won't talk about that place. <laughs> um, That's our other podcast, the least uh, thing we ate this week, <laughs> or the worst thing. Um, what did I have for dinner last night? I didn't eat dinner last night. Um, oh, yeah, I had a Ho-Ho Cherry House for lunch today. <laughs> um, I've been there once, and it wasn't terrible. Um, we eat there three times a week. We I like Bang Bang Burgers, too. Bang Bang's good. Yeah, Bang Bang's good. Yeah, we'll eat at Ho-Ho. We will, yeah, yeah, another bad one. We'll, we'll do <laughs> Jersey Mike subs a couple times a week. Occasionally, we'll drive over to Lewis's and get barbecue. Oh, yeah. I'm in a good mood. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I, I'm a, if I'm not, like, if Jane and I aren't traveling or we're not out eating, I eat like I eat like crap. Um, I'll go home at night. Hence the Arby's. Yeah, yeah <laughs> hence the Arby's. And, yeah, like, I'll, I'll go home and throw in a Red Baron pizza and sit on my sofa and watch TV and read cookbooks and eat a Red Baron pizza. There we go. Sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> the Red Barons, that's what they used to serve at our school. Like, oh, really? you would see, like, Red Baron pizza. and it'd be Only like, like six bucks, though. That's yeah. a hell of a deal. Yeah, it's yeah. a good pizza. <laughs> Okay, what about when you're in Philly? What's the best um, Philly cheesesteak? I like the smaller places better than yeah. like. Yeah. So what there's. I heard. Gino's I've been to gyms. There's Geno's, there's gyms, there's Pat's, there's Tony Luke's. Um, a couple years ago, Gene and I went up for my birthday weekend. It was like the first time I had had my birthday off in like 20 some years. And we went and got one from Gino's and one from Pat's. And they were good, but, like, the the local deli down the street from the house Just as good. That, that I grew up in with my parents was called Terry's Delicatessen or even Wawa back when they made cheesesteaks. Um, Conestoga's good, too. Yeah. Conestoga Pizza has a good cheesesteak. Have you been to Zahav Mm-mm. or any of his? No, I haven't. Read his book. Um, cool stuff. Um, no, I mean the last last time I was in Philly, it was kind of a whirlwind weekend. We went up, um, seen Eagles game, saw the Mummers parade, um, hung out with my family. <coughs> I, we ate at one of Stephen Starr's places. I forget what it was. It was good though. But that was like two years ago. That's cool. Well, thank you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. This was awesome. I want to talk to you more about the restaurants you've been to and the Stanley and your new stuff. So uh, tell us where we can find you on the internet. Um, so I think everything is at the Stanley CLT. Um, I know that's Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. And that's Facebook. I don't really pay any attention to Twitter. <laughs> um, and the website is uh, the Stanley CLT. Do you guys run your own Instagram? Um, it's a shared... Um, it's a shared task. Um, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> cool. So everyone, and try the tasting menu. I'm very excited yeah, about that. Yeah, I think that's going to be really cool for Charlotte. I'm really glad you guys are doing that. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully people dig it. So go check them out, and then in a couple of weeks, there might be an announcement of something else, and uh, maybe more things down the road. Yeah. So very exciting. Thank you guys so much. This was Absolutely. awesome. And uh, we'll have to have you back. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. No problem.